This episode of Pompey Talk is brought to you in association with Portsmouth.co.uk. If you want to stay in the know about everything that's happening in Portsmouth, from news to culture to food, of course sport and Pompey, take out an online subscription with the Portsmouth News website today at Portsmouth.co.uk forward slash subscriptions. Not only do you get unlimited online access to award-winning reporting, but with fewer ads and free access to our digital edition and mobile app, you get all the Portsmouth you need. Our trial offer starts at just £1 a month for the first three months. Hello and welcome to Pompey Talk, the news podcast. I'm Jordan Cross, joined by Head of Sport Mark McMahon and Chief Sports Writer Neil Allen to bring you bang up to speed with the latest from Fratton Park. On this week's show, we reflect on the night when dreams came true as six Pompey Academy prospects were given their Blues debuts in the EFL Trophy against West Ham under 21s. There's a note of caution sounded on Haji Minoga as his Pompey emergence continues and who steps up in the absence of Andy Cannon as Pompey goes through their old foes to the Fargal on Monday night and who gets the sports desk vote as the worst Pompey player to interview over the past 20 years. We're now on Apple Podcasts, as well as Spotify and SoundCloud, so give us a listen, like and subscribe to get each edition delivered to your device, and keep your finger firmly on the PO4 Pulse at portsmouth.co.uk. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of Pompey Talk, fresh from a 1-0 defeat against West Ham's under-21s. Um, we're joined today by Neil Allen and Jordan Cross. Lads, welcome. You were at the game last night. Yeah, that was a long intro, wasn't it? Straight to the point. Fresh is generous as well. <laughs> yeah. Fresh, fresh being the operative word that we aren't. No. <laughs> the five o'clock shadows there, not much sleep. Jordy's got a newborn as well, so... Last thing Jordy is, and, and also friend. also we're feeling very old that uh, some of the players that played last night weren't born when we started the news. Oh, that is crazy, isn't it? That is, it yeah, is. it does definitely make you feel very very old. Char- Charlie Bell, man of the match, who was born in December two thousand and two. Crazy, so mind blowing, mind blown, mind is blown. As I say, Scare, yeah, just saying to you that off the camera, Harry Kavanagh. Harry, which, which team you know, did you grow up watching expecting it to be the Premier League glory days? No recollection of the Premier League at all. <laughs> oh, I grew up watching Joe Devere and when it started going wrong. <laughs> what? That was the first team you can that was the first the first team you can remember is the Joe Devere and Guy Whistlem's team in two that that two thousand and thirteen. Yeah. It was like, oh, there was someone called Eric Husseklep, wasn't there? Kind of questioning vaguely. In the in the midst of time there was a player Oh, of that name, yeah. So uh, at least he remembers all... Cole Capecua. That's good news. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but probably learnt a lot from him. What I thought. Did he? Did he? Oh, did he say dear. anything about who? What name he would have had on his Pompey shirt when he was a youngster? Was it Joe Devera, or did he just have his own name on it? I wonder. <laughs> I, 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 we, we, he was, he was a very uh, nice chap. Spoke very well for a youngster, um, but I got collared by um, by a member of the Pompey media team afterwards. Said, "You know what he was talking about growing up, and it was all going wrong." And Joe Devere, he's like, 
please don't mention no, Joe DeVere because they'll probably be looking on and he's going to get absolutely hammered for it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, okay. Well, look, we're going to be focusing on the positive with those lads, isn't it? Because it was an absolutely, um, you know, obviously we talk about the, the 1,036 day record going and, and whatnot, but I think that's where it was a hit worth taking to see the, the joy and, and, and the experience for those young lads of making their debuts last night, wasn't it? Yeah, let's let's not forget. Yes, the reason why you've mentioned Kavanagh is the fact that Pompey fielded six youngsters in the in the game against West Ham, which is fantastic to see these young ones coming through the ranks. Um. So yeah, just a wee bit of context there. But yeah, what a special night that would have been for the ball, definitely. It would have, but there's no one there to see it. Sadly, isn't it? It's um, it's it's a shame, isn't it? Really, but that's where we're living at the moment, unfortunately. Neil Allen will be at the news in 20 yeah. years' time uh, and he'll be, he'll be recalling this date in 2039 or 2040 going, I was the only one of the ones there watching Harry Kavanagh, new Pompey captain. He'll be, he'll be writing a bygone piece on this, Jordy, won't they? <laughs> Play, played up Pompey 15. <laughs> <laughs> and Joe Devere just happens to manage to get into that there one there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Imagine Joe Devere in it, do me. That would be a short chapter. That would be a short chapter. And for context, Joe Devere was a lovely guy, but not the brightest and not very chatty. He was, so, yeah, um, yeah. He, he was he singularly. Was actually, he was a lovely guy, very popular among the squad. Um, yeah and uh, yeah but he wasn't great to interview Devere was he <laughs> I, I think I, I think I could go as far to say probably in the top two or three worst interviews in all, all the years of uh, covering pop but absolutely you know, some people are, are trouble to interview they're difficult and um, yeah they, they don't want to talk and they can be difficult in that way but <laughs> Joe just was a, a bit of a likeable dope shall we say <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> I'm probably going to get hammered for this now yeah but I think there's a young lad called Josh Pasley was it he was he was probably the. do you remember Josh yeah he was probably yeah. the worst um, at least he turned up on time when, he, when we interviewed him yeah he, that's about he, the only he time he, for all the games didn't he <laughs> yeah, that was the only time he did turn up on time wasn't it <laughs> and that was Andy Orford's mate Kit Simons who sent him down as well with friends like that who needs enemies <laughs> Oh, not track here. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> oh, no, no, let's continue. I was going to say, well, Neil Allen's got Andy Offord, two Andy Offord interviews that could probably go back in this top two worst interviews when he just said yes and no answers to his questions. I know. I know. And the second one, I, I said, I, I bid him goodbye and walked out of the press room. <laughs> <Is> that... <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe we should just devote this whole, oh, this, whole, this whole episode to those days when difficulties in interviewing players that didn't want to be there and etc etc maybe more interesting <laughs> I, I, I remember I, I remember Teddy Sheringham at Exeter many many years ago um, when he just joined Pompey and um, I, I was probably in my uh, yeah, lesser experience years but he, he gave me a time of day for an interview then spent the entire interview looking at there was a, a Grecian girl um, which was uh, obviously the Exeter being the Grecians who was there on a she was a very pretty lady, blonde hair, and he spent the entire interview not looking at me a single second, just <laughs> eyeing up, eyeing up the Grecian girl, and uh, yeah, it was a, it was a t- tough moment, a tough moment that one. And also on the very same evening of Steve Bonar, former colleague, will highlight 
It was a very, very short interview with Patrick Berger, which was probably lasted less than a, than a probably about 30 seconds as he was walking across the pitch. And I managed to eke out a back page lead out of one paragraph of quotes. <laughs> so, uh, well, he he yeah. never gave interviews, Berger, did he? Never, never did, never did. And that was probably the only time we... That one, one uh, paragraph of quotes was uh, absolute gold dust. <laughs> so Sam Matafaz always tells a story about Berger that it became his ritual every week at the training ground. Patrick, he's very word. And, and Berger would laugh and go, not today. And, yeah. Uh, he, he, Sam used to do it every week. Every yeah. single week. And never got an interview. Or, or a promise of next week or in a few days' time. A bit like Pedro yeah. Mendes often used to do as well. <laughs> and, and also, I've got, to, I've got to go into my current book bearer, Glenn Johnson. Glenn Johnson, <laughs> during his time at Pompey, repeatedly told the, uh, the media staff that he was uncomfortable giving interviews. He didn't like dealing with the media. He didn't like giving interviews. Uh, we, 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 I was chatting to this about Mick Hogan, with Mick Hogan and Mark Hogan, who look, look after the players as well on match days. Glenn Johnson would always say, sorry, I know there's a press request, I don't do interviews, blah, blah, blah. blah. Um, and, and now look at him. He loves the media now, isn't he? He wants to give him a bit of money and keep him in the job. Amazing, isn't it? Eh? How people's minds change. Yeah, he can do it. Do you remember, that, do you remember that trick of the players, players being on the phone? What? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but he, but he's also not very good on the media when he does media as well. Let's face it. So. That's what I was going to say. He probably yeah. could have done with that yeah. training when he was at Pompey to, to <clears throat> introduce himself to the media. Because at the minute, yeah, he, he's lacking a wee bit of presence in the media, isn't he? Well, yeah, <laughs> you see Gary O'Neill, who was wonderful with the media, still is, and you see him pop up on TV, and he's very, very good. Um, so Glenn Johnson didn't want to do it. Glenn Johnson's the best right back I've ever seen at Pompey, so I'm not, not, yeah, I'm not having a go over that. But yeah, he wouldn't have anything to do with the media. But now, post football, wants to get involved to give him a living. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. As I was just trying to say, there's Sean Davis as well. I mean, he was he'd always be on the phone. Yeah. When he came out, even though he wasn't making a phone call just to avoid interviews. But but yeah. I think with, I interviewed Sean Davis, to, you know, about April, May time. And I think he's matured, Sean Davis, and he's grown up a bit. And he's a, he's a, he's a decent bloke, Sean Davis, actually, and very honest. But yeah, Jordan said he 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 was one of those that was put the the, uh, the phone to his ear. As did Ben Ayim, as did Sol Campbell. So um, you know, Ben Ayim would do it to avoid signing any autographs, whereas Davis would do it to avoid press and things. So yeah, yeah, uh, times change, I guess, isn't they? But look at Sol Campbell now. I mean. When he wanted a manager's job, he was everywhere in the media, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, he's, he's, he's a, actually, I used to quite like interviewing Sol Campbell. He had to wait around for ages after a game to have his massages. Uh, and when you got him, it, it could be gold because he would just have a moan. And it got to the point where the club didn't want the club captain to speak because they were petrified of what he might say. <laughs> he usually ended up with, guide about needs to spend more money. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> they were scared to death of him. It was just... And it, but he was really good actually, Sol Campbell, to deal with it. Well, Jordy, last night, again, going back to current affairs, um, one person that Pompey did put up was a youngster, Harry Kavanagh. Again, it's not usual, it's not the norm to get a youngster after a game. Again, the, the club wanted to protect him, but they put Harry Kavanagh up, and you were quite impressed by him, I'm led to believe. Yeah, a very intelligent, likeable young chap 18 years old but what what was really uh really emphasized was just the pure joy of the, of the lad and it was really kind of heartwarming to see that um last night and it, it, of course harry kavanagh being the one that spoke to the press but it, it 
it resonated through the six debuts. A lot, a lot of those lads are, are local boys from the Portsmouth area. Harry, um, he's a Cal Plain lad from the Waterlooville area, Cal Plain School. Um, been at Pompey since he was six. All the family uh, are Pompey fans, and uh, he point, turned around and pointed to uh, the, the far end of the North Stand and said, that's where I've sat all the time with my <laughs> season ticket. And, and he was just... Last night, his dreams came true. Um, and literally, that, that, that was the quote. Um, it's proud, the <clears throat> proudest moment of his life, as he said, uh, very eloquently. Um, and it was just, just a delight to see. So, um, yeah, OK, it was it, you know, 16 games unbeaten in 1,036 days. Uh, but I think it was a small price to play for, for those young lads who... Um, you know, it was a delight to see, but also they they performed they performed pretty well. They were they were rocked early on with that with that fourth minute goal, and it could have got you know ugly against a, a Cat One Academy with all that West Ham talent in it. But they they regrouped um, and, and and punched their weight with West Ham, particularly in the second half. I thought it was a pretty even affair, not masses of chances, but the, you know there was a lot a lot to take from that. Um, and I thought the uh, in fact I thought the, the younger players. Neil gave Bell the man of the match. Harvey Rue did a good job. I thought Alfie, St- Alfie Stanley was bright. And um, young Harry Jewett White, when he came on in the second half, he really caught my eye, um, composed in the ball. And if he, I think, I believe he's, he's one of the, young, the younger lads, 16, in there, in there. So that was, you know, a really, really promising display. So um, a, lot, a lot to take from that. And, OK, yeah, it's sad that the, the, the fans weren't there. But I don't think that could have calmed... Uh, Harry's Harry Cavanagh's delight last night the way it came across and it was yeah it, it was really good to see Neil you give Charlie Bell the man of the match performance um, what was it about him that stuck a chord with you I just like the fact he was, he was so composed so calm on the ball use the ball well use it quickly there were a few lovely touches where he dipped his shoulder to send someone the other way and um, it really <clears> shone from him there was another moment actually in the, in the second half from um, Harvey Root when he yeah. did this spinning pirouette, didn't he, of a, of a, a yeah. skill to get past a West Ham player from left back, and it was a wonderful moment. And but moments like that show not only have they got the ability, but they've got the confidence to do it in the game. And you can see the players gaining confidence. When Jordan mentioned the second half, and Pommy played um, played far better second half without the cutting edge, <clears throat> but the players were getting more confident and doing those little things, weren't they? And um, mm. it, it was it was great to watch. And there, there, was, there were a few bright spots coming out of it as well and for me Bell completely overshadowed Bryn Morris who I didn't think had a particularly good game um, but but Bell was everywhere and um, I know he's very highly regarded um, he's a very good passer of the ball and uh, definitely one to keep an eye on for me from, from that performance and and we'll, we'll always remember the, the the Plymouth away game in the, uh, the, the mm. League Cup when uh, Apton threw all the kids in didn't he and it was it was fully Kids and I remember giving Jeb Wallace man of the match, um, and, and next day he didn't even make the next time he didn't even make the squad. You know, it was, uh, but it was a great chance for those kids to shine and show what they could do. And and Jed came through that team really well, didn't he? And uh, perhaps we might see another t- player come through uh, that we've witnessed last night. Before kick off, Jordy, um Joe Allen mentioned to Neil in an interview that these, these guys, supporting these guys, um, show, be, show what they can do at this stage and contribute to a successful season for Pompey all round, uh, be it in the EFL Trophy, be it in the league. Is there anybody that, to just a performance last night, that you're sort of saying, you know what, 
probably if if crunch comes to crunch they could call on him and maybe even throw him in, in a league game. I, I think you've got to be careful with that. Um, that there was promise shown there, um, and he's led to sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, and um, throwing him into the the cut and thrust of a of a League One promotion battle. I mean, it could potentially break these players if they, if they aren't, aren't ready. There, there are times, as we've seen with Pompey down the years, when it's been needs must and had to, had to put these players in. We're not in that situation at the moment. Now, that said, I, I probably would say no one's quite ready there. Yeah, maybe maybe you know, give it another year and we see. As I say, I like the, the look, look of Charlie Bow. There's a lot of physicality, um, development, physical development in, in, in these players, yeah. But I mean, it's pretty clear that, that you know the one player that the emerging young player that is involved, Haji Manoga, and he's involved for a reason because Pompey believe he's probably the nearest <laughs> one to being ready. Um, ironically, uh, I mean, it's physic Haji's physicality that 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 has shone out. But against West Ham last night, there was a lot of physical players there, so it, it wasn't so prominent as it was perhaps as at Ipswich at the weekend. So um, I, I think I think Haji's the one. That that is ready, but we've we've even said when we can go on and talk about this. I'm sure that there's enough in Hadji's game to show that he's got you know a lot to learn um, in terms of maturity yet, um, and we saw that again at, at Ipswich at the weekend. It wasn't quite apparent at the time, but with the benefit of replays, I think as, as Neil pointed pointed out to us off off the podcast, it was it was a red card there at Ipswich. So, and we've seen from Hadji on a number of occasions now where he will go thundering into tackles. Now the fans like it. Go on, Adji. Go on, show them what it's all about. Go on, good lad. But in this day and age, there's going to be there's going to be there's going to be repercussions for that kind of uh, kind of conduct. But it's a learning process as well. So you'd expect if Hadji's got that exuberance of youth there, that Pompey will drill that into him. That at this level, when there's so much at stake, you can't afford to be that there. You don't want his natural game to be taken away from him but at the same time too he just needs to have that wee bit more element of control I suppose yeah yeah he's an interesting one Hadji isn't he because they see him in the future as a centre half um, he's, he's basically a, a defensive right back um, and he needs to develop by all accounts his attacking play and as Jordan said most of his attacking play is down to thundering into people trying to keep possession of the ball <laughs> uh, and that, 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 he's got to learn that but he will be a centre-half If we're, and it's all very well sort of saying get Hadji in at right-back things like that but if he's going to be centre-half one day would you put Raggett at right-back you know it, it, that's not his strength and whereas Callum Johnson is is a uh, dangerous and attacking right-back in this league and Pompey have just recruited him so I know people want to say put Hadji in the team put Hadji in the team well Pompey just paid money for somebody so Hadji's going to have to wait for his chance, I'm afraid. But he's a really heady Bolton, isn't he, clearly? Yeah. So Hadji's coming through. And, then, and again, fans can get carried away with players. Um, Brandon Hornstrup was a world-beater, wasn't he, when he left Pompey? Uh, but he's barely played. In fact, he's barely started a game for Kilmarnock. Although he did start last night, I saw, in the, in the League Cup in Scotland. And they won 2-0. Um, Leon Maloney was another one, wasn't he? And um, you've just got to give these guys time and patience that Charlie Bell was outstanding last night but you're not going to put him in the centre of midfield going to Plymouth away are you um, he's not ready what like, oh, like so, Nick Orford so, oh yeah flashback there <laughs> I was thinking the oh, exact same oh, oh, no. oh dear oh, oh dear no. 
Oh dear. Oh, tell. Mi- mi- oh. Mr. Chairman, Mr. Chairman, I'm going to play Nick Orford and Watmore in, 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 in midfield tomorrow. <laughs> Pommy's next game is Pommy's next game is at Plymouth, so you never know. <laughs> oh dear. Oh. Oh, but yeah, yeah, you, you, you've got to give them time. You're not going to throw them in there. Just give them time, and uh, and again, it's all very Pompey are trying to get promotion this season. It's not a time to blood youngsters. Yeah, they've got to get promotion this year. Jacket's job depends on it. Let's face it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. They, yeah. it's not a time to blood youngsters. That's why. Paul Cook didn't blow many youngsters either. Ben Close is sent away, let's, let's not remember. They have to get promotion. It's not a time. And uh, mm. no one's going to do the gamble. Yeah. No, but we, 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 joke, we joke about Nick Orford, but I mean, probably I think he wasn't, he wasn't good enough. But the fact that he was thrown into those games absolutely broke the lad, didn't it? And uh, that's probably didn't, a cautionary tale there he never, well. he, he never made his squad again, I don't think, after that, that Plymouth game. No, yeah. no. So uh, there's lessons to be lessons to be learned, I think, from that one moving forward at the moment. Yeah. Um, I'm conscious of time, so we'll, we are unfortunately going to have the wrap-ups pretty soon. But again, I don't want to dwell on negatives or finish on a negative, but both of you have sort of said after last night's game, it was the youngsters that shown when his... The more senior fringy players that were played last night, Downing, Bolton, and um, Morris, they didn't actually shine too much did the last night. No, no. Morris Morris was was disappointed, I think as Neil rightly said. Downing um wasn't far behind him in in, in my book, gave away the ball far too much. When these players are looking for those those lads to to be the leaders. Um Jordi Awula, a bit brighter, I, I would say Bolton was that okay? Put a couple of blocks in, but if these lads are looking to kind of stake a claim, they they they, they didn't really um, do themselves any favours. Now I think Morris is probably the one to focus on here, uh, perhaps more with with Andy Cannon out, isn't it? Um, there's a berth in midfield going going, you know, likely to be up to grabs going to Plymouth, and um, and it's a worry. It's a worry for me because Ben Close came in. He he's not had many minutes, um, and Andy Cannon as the stats do bear out brings drive and and in a, in a 442 okay we've had a lot of different formations of late but he brings that progression that um you really need if, if you're going to have a Tom Naylor sitting in alongside him so um yeah Ben Close can do this by the way and I think it's worth pointing out because Ben takes a lot of flat but we saw at the start of last season that he can bring goals to his game he can bring thrust to his play and he can be progressive in his passing um in a four-two-three-one, it's fine for him to sit there and 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 be the insurance and go left and right with his passing. But he has got it in his locker. He was coming in off a, you know a lack of appearances at, at, at the weekend at it, which are perhaps a little bit harsh to judge him on on the on the face of that one. But um, yeah, we, we, there's a there's an area that may maybe look any tinkers again because we've had so many different formations. But there's a there's a there's a conundrum there going into Plymouth that that, that needs to be looked at. The last word with you, and a bit of positive news. We're hearing that Andy Cannon's injury isn't as bad as feared. Um, he may just the Plymouth game may be the only one he misses. Is that right? Sorry, I'm still I'm still shell shocked from thinking of Nick Orford at Plymouth. <laughs> it's still, still it's still in my head. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. Oh dear, but yes, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It looks like he's going to miss the Plymouth game. He might, he might be back for the next game after that, which is crew. So uh, they've had the scan. It's only a very minor injury in his groin, which is incredibly good news. So hopefully we'll see him back. He's a great lad. He's done really well for Pompey. He gives them something that no one else in the squad does. 
and uh, he needs a, he needs a, he needs and deserves a change of look because uh, you know he's had some terrible misfortunes since he's been at the club. Definitely. Fingers crossed, yeah, he's back soon then. Okay, lads, well, a bit of a short and sweet version this week, but again, your contributions, as always, have been magnificent. Go away and give yourself a pat on the back <laughs> and five-star rating from the boss. All the best then. We'll see you all next week. Goodbye. Thank you for listening and don't forget to subscribe to the Portsmouth News website for just £1 a month for the first three months for everything you need to know about Portsmouth and more.